Hey, podcast listeners, the Orthodox Center for the Advancement of Biblical Studies is sponsoring its annual biblical symposium at St. Elizabeth Orthodox Church in St. Paul, Minnesota, March 8 to 9, 2019. This year's keynote speaker is Dr. Robert Miller from the Catholic University of America. Meet Father Paul Tarazi and other scholars who will present and discuss papers on biblical exegesis and language. Join Father Mark Bulos and Dr. Richard Benton for a live recording of the Bible's Literature Podcast. Engage with others like you who are committed to biblical studies for all who have ears to hear. Register online at ephesusschool.org. You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with The Bible is Literature. This is Father Mark Bulos. And this is Dr. Richard Benton. And you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature Podcast. Good morning, Dr. Benton. How are you doing today? Good morning, Father. I'm doing well. How about you? Fantastic. So we begin the New Year Rich with Father Paul extending his introduction to Genesis with a discussion of a very important word in Hebrew, and that word is Toledot. Father Paul today will talk about how it's already a factor in the opening verse of Genesis, even though it's not specifically mentioned. He will recap the importance of Hebrew and the role that scriptural Hebrew plays in pushing back against the language of Alexander the Great and his successors. And as always, he will talk about translation issues and how important it is to hear the text in its language. The word Toledot connects with recent episodes of Tarazi Tuesdays, where Father Paul talked a lot about Yalad, the root, which means giving birth. He talked about Holid, he talked about Yalad, and Toledot connects etymologically with this root. So keep in mind these recent episodes and see how Father Paul is building off of them in order to understand exactly what the Toledot are and why they matter so much in these initial chapters in Genesis. The other thing that's helpful, Rich, about this episode is that Father Paul will explain how Genesis 1 through 4 stand out as a separate unit and deal, of course, with the problem of anthropocentrism. So we are very happy to present Father Paul with the third part of his introduction to his exegesis of Genesis on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. I shall concentrate on the Hebrew. I shall refer to the Greek, which is the Septuagint, and I remind my hearers that my thesis is that the writers aimed at writing in Greek to their conquerors, Alexander of Macedon and his heirs, but to have them submit because they considered their language as being the language of the gods and humans, the perfect language. They wrote all their epics in that language. And to have them submit to the original Hebrew, we have this mentioned clearly in the prologue to the book of Sirach, the wisdom of Sirach. Although Toledot does not appear in Genesis 1.1, I'm going to show you how it is already there. 
we are used to division in chapters and verses and so on, which is artificial because all this appeared later. You know, originally we had a text as in literature, maximum you have a division in parts or so on, you know, but the text flows. The actual divisions of the text are made by the authors in the text. Now, without further ado, this is quite impressive in the first 11 chapters. Let's jump to chapter 5. We have the beginning of the genealogy of Adam. You know, this is the book of the Toledot of Adam. Then in chapter 6, these are the Toledot of Noah. In chapter 10, these are the Toledot of the three brothers together. Then in chapter 11, verse 10, the Toledot of Shem, of one of them. And then in 27, very soon, of the same chapter, 11, in verse 27, the Toledot of Terah, who is the father of Abram. And then later we'll find the Toledot of Isaac, Ishmael, Jacob, Esau. So that word is very important, whatever the translation is. I'm going to stick with the original because it is important to understand the meaning of that word. Actually, in the case of Jacob, it is translated otherwise. It is translated in English that this is the story of the Gentiles. So let's try to understand this word. And then I shall try to show that it is indirectly present in Genesis 1.1. If so, then 1 through 4 is a part standing on its own before we reach chapter 5, where we hear about the Toledot of Adam, who is the first human being. So what is going on in 1 through 4? And that for me is very important, and I shall use it time and again to really put down Alexandrian theology that infested our thought under the influence of Plato, that the whole view of everything is anthropocentric, which is ridiculous. Genesis 1 through 4 dismantles that. It doesn't deal with Adam and his legacy, except in chapter 5. So what is going on in chapter 1 through 4? At least I have established that it is something that is standing on its own. And very interestingly, it is subsumed under the title also of Toledot, which means the authors are aware of what they are doing. Now, let's attack the matter and show why Toledot does not appear in 1.1, it appears in 2.4. At the end, if you like, of the creation in six days plus the day of rest, seven, and at the beginning of the second story of creation, as we refer to it, chapters two and then three, which is the tail end of the creation, the making of Adam and Eve and the animals. So let's spend some time on that, you know, Genesis 1.1 and Genesis 2.4, and then conclude, if possible, with why the authors decided to begin with Genesis 1.1 and not with that statement in Genesis 2.4. 
we have to explain all this because, again, in serious literature, nothing is happenstance. Let me begin with the connection between Genesis 1.1 and 2.4. In 1.1, we have Bereshit in the beginning, bara Elohim, the heavens and the earth. That's what we hear, bara. And I keep bara for the time being because I would like to spend some time on it. So we have God creating, making, whatever it is for the time being. The heavens and the earth. Now, in verse 2-4, we hear these are the Toledot, the genealogy, the making. We'll spend some time to explain why suddenly it is used about the heavens and the earth. But let's hear it. Elle Toledot hashamaim weha'aretz, which means the two entities that I mentioned in one one, And then you have behibbarem, which is the verb bara that we have at the beginning. So very clearly, the author in 2.4 is referring to the action he refers to in one one, And then you hear that in the day of the Lord God making the earth and the heavens. So we have the introduction of another verb, which is asa in Hebrew, which means uh, technically to do, to make or do, do a chore or anything of the kind. Now, what is interesting here, and you'll see how I'm appealing to the Septuagint to show you that if we know how to use it, it will help us to understand the Hebrew. I'm not taking the position that is taken in the Orthodox world and even by Catholics sometime that the Septuagint is really sacrosanct, it's the same thing, probably the original and so on and so forth. You know, it doesn't make sense. But we can use it to reflect what the Hebrew is intending, especially when one endorses my understanding that the Septuagint was done by the original authors. If you go to the Septuagint, you will see the following, that it translates both verbs, bara and asa, into episen from the verb pio, which is the general verb for making, doing. So technically, the Septuagint looks at both verbs as being the same, the same action. But this reflects 2-4, as we just read. The Septuagint does not have two verbs, and here it is important to remember that in Hebrew we have two verbs. And the verses are Genesis 1-1, it is bara, which is rendered into a piece. And in 1-7, the original Hebrew is asa, which rendered into a piece. And in 1-16, Episen renders asa. In 121, Episen renders bara. In 125, Episen renders asa. And in 127, bara. And then in 131, asa. So 
It is very clear from the Septuagint that the authors on purpose combined bara and asa in 2-4, which is the title, if you like, the genealogy, the Toledot of the heavens and earth, which is precisely discussed in 1 and 2. So it is as though here we have a delayed title of chapters 1 through 4. I say delayed because when we move to chapter 5 and then 6 and then 10 and then 11 and thereafter, that word appears at the beginning of the story of a human being in his genealogy, meaning that Toledot does not look backward but forward. Let me go with more precision here. Adam, that appears at the head of his Toledot in chapter 5, is already part of the Toledot of the heavens and earth. He becomes the head only in his own Toledot. So here, and I shall come back to this, we have functionality. And this is my criticism against Alexandrian theology and patristic theology and all theology, it seeped into all theologies, that because of their interest in anthropocentrism, they give the same value to Adam in chapter 5 as his value in chapters 1 through 4, which is very wrong, as I shall show, and the people can read it in my book. Chapter 6, we have the Toledot of Noah, who is already part of the Toledot of Adam. In other words, we have someone who's already there, and then we speak about his, if you like, future. That's why at one point RSV translates the Toledot of Jacob into, this is the story of the children of Jacob or sons of Jacob. But then, what immediately strikes us as listeners is that Toledot is from the verb yalad, which is a technical term that expresses the birth giving, and we shall come back to that, by the woman, because only women give birth, okay? Forget about modern America with we are pregnant and we give birth and so on. I mean, come on now. Let's be serious. The word is technical. I don't want to jump the gun. When we get to chapter 5, I shall show you that this technicality becomes important to express the message of the authors. Let me say it already now. When the same is applied to the man, the father, and here again the Greek doesn't help us, much less the English, because the Greek uses the same verb to speak about a woman giving birth and a man giving birth. But in Hebrew... You remember last time, and I'll go quickly over that. I don't want to go too much onto this aside, but just to ask your indulgence in making the effort to understand the importance of that term, Toledot. When 
that verb, the same root, applies to the father, the male, we have the fifth verbal form we talked about last time, hifail, which technically means to make someone else give birth. So the woman, or the female in this case, I'll come back to that in the animal kingdom, gives birth, yalad, the basic verbal form, form one, whereas when it is applied to the male, we have the fifth verbal form. And guess what? Because the word God is masculine in the Hebrew, Whenever you speak about God giving birth at the end of Isaiah, where you have the city as mother and God and so on, we have again the fifth verbal form. So it's not a joke. And remember, when I say it's not a joke, give it importance. I'm glad that I'm retired because, you know, I can't teach anymore first year or second year or third year seminarians. It's too much for me because they reply, you know, no, there are technicalities. This being said, remains the issue. How could a verb that technically applies to the mammal kingdom giving birth. You don't use it even regarding vegetation. How is it that this same verb is used to speak about the heavens and the earth? This should tell us immediately that in the mind of the author, that term, the heavens and the earth, is a full reality the same way as the grandfather of a genealogical tree is an entity. And this reflects already, as I shall show you, the world of shepherdism, where you have the shepherd and his family and his flock and the vegetation, as we shall see in Genesis chapter 1, being interrelated in one entity. Later, I shall show you how <laughs> the author has his ways to invite you to understand the society of human beings as an animalic society and not vice versa. You don't begin with the human being and then you speak the animal. We retroject our reality on the animals. Okay, now it's much more complex, so please let's be patient. So this heavens and earth, which is developed in chapter one, and includes, as we shall see, everything. You can say everything the way you would say our world. Now, the concentration later on the earth stems from the fact that the text applies to where we and the animals live, which is the earth. The heavens are, if you like, the domain of the gods and so on. But they are indirectly important because this is where the rain comes from that gives the earth fertility and so on. So this combination of heavens and earth is given a reality 
similar to the individual human being that gives birth, produces, and we shall see that in the third day where the earth produces. It is as though God just let her produce. He doesn't do much with the vegetation. and so Very interesting. So let's keep this in mind that chapters 1 through 4 are a preamble to the following Toledot of Adam and five, which is a preamble to the following Toledot. So right from the beginning, we have a slap in the face to Plato and the subsequent Alexandrian theology that always assumes this, that we have the human being who is reflection of the Logos, and in the beginning was the Logos. Actually, I'm going to take, after discussing Genesis 1-1, a good aside to speak about John 1-1 and show my hearers that it doesn't mean what the patristic theology says that it means. And here, technicality is of the essence. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.